Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. If someone has fertility treatment elsewhere, do they need to obtain their records? I often get second referrals from patients that have tried elsewhere and haven't got pregnant. And uh, it is very useful for me to see the detail of what was done before so that I can plan for what we're going to do going forward to see if I can improve on the on the outcome for the patient. Yes, uh, it is very useful for the, the new specialist to have as much of the old records as possible. Clinics have an obligation because those notes are actually your notes uh, to give you a copy of your notes. Some charge a fee for that for the administra- administration. Sometimes they can be uh, there can be a delay in doing it because it's obviously not their top priority because you're a patient leaving them. Talk to the uh, admin manager in that particular clinic. That's the best person to talk to in terms of getting hold of your old records. Prof, we have a question from Famata. If you have any eggs left, is there still hope through IVF? Maybe the question means if you don't have any eggs left, but the words read, if you have any egg left, is there still a hope through IVF? Obviously, once a woman goes through the menopause, her periods have stopped and she's had hot flushes, then really IVF is going to be no help in terms of her eggs. It doesn't mean that even after the menopause, we can't use an egg from another woman uh, to create a pregnancy that you can carry. So IVF can still play a role even in that patient. More commonly, the patients I see in their, particularly in their mid, early to mid 40s, where um, the ovarian reserve, the number of eggs has really dropped to almost nothing. They're still producing one egg a month and and had therefore have regular periods. And the odds of success with IVF uh, in that scenario of very few eggs is very low and almost the same uh, as trying on your own. Um, But Um, I certainly, my experience has been that women in that scenario of very few eggs, um, even if I tell them the chance of success is, you know, 1%, they will still go forward and have treatment to give it that one chance. And they could be the the one in a hundred. How will I be watched during ovulation induction? Are ultrasound and blood tests used? Ovulation induction is where we're trying to make you ovulate when you haven't been ovulating before. Uh, The most likely uh, diagnosis in that situation is going to be polycystic ovarian syndrome, where uh, ovulation is intermittent and uh, cycles are irregular. That's that's the commonest reason for uh, doing ovulation induction. Doctors vary in their views about how much monitoring is needed. So the reason for monitoring twofold, one, one is to help time ovulation so that you know when to have intercourse. So that's one rationale for doing for monitoring. 
And obviously, second uh, reason is to make sure you are ovulating, that the, med the medicines are working. The third reason is to avoid overstimulation. Now, that last one is incredibly rare with the tablet medications that are used for ovulation induction, like clomiphene or letrozole, Fumara. The incidence of ovarian hyperstimulation is you know, something in the order of one in a thousand uh, cases. In fact, I've never seen hyperstimulation with tablets. In terms of proving that someone has ovulated with the tablets, a simple blood test on day 21 uh, after the tablets have started will give us that answer. We measure progesterone levels and that's all we do. And I have to say that's the only monitoring I do for clomiphene or Fumara is to check for ovulation. Ovulation kits will tell you when uh, ovulation is occurring. Um, um, and, and therefore that's all I think is necessary. But some doctors looking like they're caring more um, will do blood tests. Uh, every second or third day, do ultrasounds to show you the follicle. It just adds expense and um, really in terms of outcome makes no difference um, to the pregnancy rates. So personally, I'm a, a low <laughs> monitor, but there are doctors who do monitor much more closely. And for some patients, that's helpful for them to know when to have intercourse and they feel they're being looked after more. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. 